right, good morning. It's good to see you all, and Merry Christmas. We have good news of great joy for you. And we've been talking about this and thinking about this whole thing of good news of great joy for all people throughout this series. Good news from the prophets through Zechariah, talking about his son that would would prepare the way for Jesus. Good news to Joseph from an angel. Good news proclaimed to Mary today through an angel. But it all comes from good news to the shepherds. In Luke 2, 10 through 11, this phrase that we've been talking about where it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, which is what they have to say every time as we've looked at. Do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Why? For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who is Christ the Lord. Jesus' birth is this good news. And that's what was being proclaimed by the angels in all these different settings and situations. And we have the opportunity to hear more about this good news, to experience this good news, and also to be people who are bringers of good news as well. Now, Last week we talked about the whole thing with Joseph and how sometimes this good news can disrupt your life, completely disrupts your life. For him, everything was changed. Now, for Mary today, we're actually going to talk a little bit about how the good news is confusing. When the good news is confusing, because she's going to bring up a little bit here of, like, she's confused. She's actually disturbed, it says as well. So she's confused by what's going on? What are you telling me? Some of us might even hear some of this stuff about Jesus and God and who he is and what he's come to do, and we're a little bit confused by how this all works or what is the gospel? How would I communicate the gospel? We might be confused. So I want to help make that clear. But let's look into Luke 1, 26 to 38. So if you have your Bibles, you can grab the Bible on the back of that seat there in front of you. You can look on your phone wherever you'd like, or you can just listen as we read here Luke 1, 26 to 38. Luke sets the scene in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Because it had just come out of that story um, of where they were told, Zechariah and Elizabeth were told that John the Baptist would soon be coming to them. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, the archangel Gabriel, appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Again, the angel having to say, don't be afraid. Every time, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Again, I still think the angels should carry around a little sign on them that's like, it's okay. Don't be scared. I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to hurt you. Gabriel even has like an opening line of kindness here. Kind of just like, greetings, favored woman, right? It's like, greetings, favored one. It's, it's going to be... It's going to be a good thing. I'm not here to smite you or something. Okay, I promise. Don't be afraid. Uh, Don't be afraid. And so, you know, Mary's like, okay, I'm still a little bit, like, confused and disturbed by whatever it is that you're doing. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, 
and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. The angel says that to her. In in other translations, you might be more familiar with where it says, For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. And so Mary responds with this beautiful response. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel left her. All right, so let's just look at here what the angel says. Okay, a little bit about what the angel says and some of how Mary responds to this. So she's, the angel first is like, you have found favor with God. And she's kind of like sitting there. You know, thinking like, all right, this is, this is good. So far I'm really liking what you're saying to me. I've found favor with God. And I even think for you, how wonderful would that be to hear? The archangel of God comes to you and says, you have found favor with God. I would want to hear those words. What I think is really amazing about that is that that word favor there is the Greek word. If you know the Bible, this part of the Bible is written in ancient Greek. That word favor there is actually the word charis or charis, which means grace. Okay, so this is the word grace. You have found grace with God. You want to hear this? You found favor with God? Guess what? God is saying that to you. God very much is saying that to all of us, that God's grace is offered to you. You are someone who's got, who has God's grace offered to you by him. You found favor with God. That's beautiful. So Mary's just kind of like, all right, I'm taking that in. That's, that's cool so far. And then he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And she's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I know. I want, eventually want to start a family. I mean, that's going to be great. So thank you for that. Kind of tip me off. It's going to be a boy someday. But okay, cool. I'm, I'm happy with this. He will be very great. The son of the most high God, right? And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> Are you talking, you mean like God? Really? God, like my, my, my kid? Is that, is that what you're saying? She's trying to process this, like just kind of taking it in. He will sit on the throne of David and reign forever. No end to his kingdom. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Mary's response is, hmm, how's the science of this work, actually? That's like what she says, okay? How, like, I, got, I know you've said that my kid's going to reign on an eternal throne forever and is the son of the most high Yahweh God who we all worship. And, but like, I got some process questions. Like, how's this, you know, kind of, how's this all going to work out? I don't totally get this. And so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing and she's like, what her questions are and what her questions aren't. She's really fine with this whole notion of having the Son of God being born from her. But she just kind of doesn't understand how it works. And what 
what's so cool is the angel then does say, the, the Most High will overshadow you or envelop you with a cloud, that means. That you will um, have this child because of the power of God is how this will happen. Now, you could see why she would say, why I would say, confused and disturbed, Mary has some thoughts and questions, right? Confused and disturbed at all of this. What is this news that you have for me? And I think that many of us, like Mary, are pretty confused about what the good news is. What is the good news? What is the gospel? You hear that word gospel, and we should be gospel-centered, and you think, all right, I'm going to be gospel-centered. Like, I don't know what I'm saying when I say that, but I'm saying words that sound good, you know, in church. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a gospel-forward thinker or whatever that might be. And so, hey, we want to be people who are all about the gospel, but what do we mean? I think a lot of us are confused. So what is the good news? What is it? So this word in the Greek uh, for that, we, that says good news here in this translation of reading is this word euangelion. Or in Luke 2.10, it's that where it says to bring the good news. Is, it's one of my favorite Greek words to say, euangelizomai. You want to say that? Euangelizomai? I just like itzomai. For some reason, I like that way that kind of rolls off the tongue. Euangelizomai. And so it's this, this word is, is this word that in the King James Bible says gospel. Now, it's, it's more of this kind of old English way of saying it, but it's sort of come into our vernacular today in all sorts of ways. People just will use this word gospel and just kind of throw it around. But the gospel is this good news. And so when the angels come to the shepherds in Luke 10, and in all these different ways that, that angels and others are proclaiming this news, this good news, that is the gospel, good news of great joy for all people. All right? Now, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting you think of, okay, how does the angel describe here in Luke 1 to Mary, like how does the angel describe what's going to happen to her or what Jesus, her son, is going to do? So we're going to talk about that because he doesn't say anything in there about forgiving sins or going to heaven when you die or that kind of stuff in this passage. What's cool is what we saw, um, we, we kind of have to go back and think about all the different things we've seen. The prophets of old, as they proclaimed this Messiah to come, this deliverer. We think of even what last week, what the angel said to Joseph. He did say it. He did talk about that to Joseph for some reason. So the angel says to Joseph, you will name him Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. So that was the message to Joseph. This is what your baby's going to do. He will save the people from their sins. And that's an incredible good news message, right? That is good news, that we are people who have sin in our life, that we have gone against the ways of God, and that God is going to make that right. God is going to provide a way for you to be forgiven of your sins. And it is through this baby being born. She tell, or the angel tells Joseph that. Now, then it goes into this story of, of Mary here in this passage, and it's all about kingship. It's all about this baby being a king. And it's interesting, this gospel of the kingdom of God, this good news of God's kingdom, it, it talks a lot about what Jesus was doing when he was going around preaching. He wasn't preaching 
the death and resurrection of himself, because that sort of hadn't happened yet, right? Like it's, so when Jesus is going around preaching the, the gospel, he's preaching this gospel of the kingdom. So what is this? And we, we read about it in here, and it's like saying these amazing things that he will be great and called the son of the most high. He will have a throne, the throne of his ancestor David, and he'll reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. So this gospel of the kingdom of God. And I think one of the, the easiest ways to describe what is the, the kingdom of God, it's simply to say the kingdom is where the king is and where the king reigns. So the kingdom is where the king is. So Jesus is coming and he's like, hey, you want to know kingdom of God? Well, here I am. I'm the king. And I'm here now, but I also reign here even if I'm not here, right? Even if I'm not physically here, he still is the king. Jesus was the king in Israel while he was here, and Jesus was the king in, you know, here in Orange County with whoever was living here in that time, a long, long, long time ago, right? Jesus was king everywhere at all time, for all times and all eternity and all history, Jesus is the king. And so this sense of kingship is something that we have to understand that he is Lord, he is ruler, he is king overall. And that was the message to Mary, that this baby is the king. And so the kingdom is where the king is and where the king reigns. We're going to talk about that even a little bit more of how, some of how Jesus was even saying that originally. Now, it says his kingdom will reign forever and ever. Now, we think of kingdoms on earth. All these great kingdoms at some point ended. The Ottoman Empire ended at some point. The, the Roman Empire ended at some point. Now, recognizing, okay, all of this is being said to Mary. Mary is this young teenage girl living in a really sort of just a nothing town in the middle of this nothing area of the world that was under the thumb and oppression of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is ruling over them, which is most like likely, arguably, the greatest kingdom empire that has ever existed on this earth. And they're living under that. Little Mary living under that. And then the angel says, your baby that you're going to have, his kingdom will reign forever. And so a lot of times we think of the message of Jesus, and even the way Luke is writing it, it here is like, this is revolutionary in some way, right? It's, it's revolutionary against the kingdoms of this world and how the kingdom of God is so much greater. And there's like all sorts of interesting ways that this story of Jesus and in the way that Luke was especially was presenting it is speaking against Caesar. In the, you know, in the days of Caesar Augustus, he even brings Caesar into it, who's ruling over this empire, who Caesar Augustus said that his dad was God because after he died, they were having these games to celebrate him, and a comet flew over the sky, and he said, that's, that's my dad. 
and he is a God now, and I'm the son of God, so you should worship me. And by the way, I'm going to be a bringer of peace is what I will do. And they even talked about his, his birth being good news, a gospel that should be preached and proclaimed to everyone. And so this message of Jesus is revolutionary of who he is. And, and, and it's so cool because they're proclaiming it in a world where that Caesar is dominant and ruling over all of this area of the world in power and strength, utter dominance. Yet this little baby, who's going to be from these people from this town of Nazareth that nobody cares about, that have to travel down to another town that kind of nobody cares about. It's got a little more street cred because it's the the hometown of David, the old king. But it's going to be born to people in poverty and going to be born lowly, vulnerable, hanging out with livestock and farm equipment, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's just, this is, this is the setting. You're, you're telling me this is the one that's going to be the king with a kingdom that will never end. And they're continually having to show them that this is about so much more than you think it's about. You think I'm coming here to save you from your Roman oppressors? I have come to save you from from so much more. The way that your sin has oppressed you, the way that the enemy has oppressed you, I want to give you freedom from that. And so when we pray, as Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying into this proclamation of what the angel is telling Mary. We're praying for that to continue to be fulfilled for that restoration of all things to be fulfilled, for that kingship of God on this earth to be continually fulfilled. Because all of this whole thing with with kingdom and and all that has this uh, both sort of a physical world setting and uh, also a spiritual world setting. It has a now in the midst of the moment they're in kind of setting as well as a in the future setting kind of setting. All right, so all of this is a bit of this now, not yet. And it's a little bit of like, yes, it's here in this actual, like in this physical world, but it's so much more than that. Because I want you to see what one thing that Jesus says after, so this story, as this story continues, we see Jesus uh, go through his, his childhood, and then there's this whole time of kind of the silent period between about 12 and 30, and then Jesus appears uh, on the scene, <laughs> and he's like making himself known, and he's baptized, and when he's baptized, uh, it says that the Spirit of God descends like a dove as John baptizes him, and then he goes into the wilderness, and he's tempted by Satan. He's tempted by the devil in the wilderness, and he, he gets through that time of temptation by relying on God and his word. And then uh, he comes out of that, and he shows up back to his hometown of Nazareth. So if you flip a couple pages forward to Luke 4 in your Bible, Luke 4, 16 to 22, it says this. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. And he ends up reading from Isaiah 61. The, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to do some things. Here's what he's anointed him to do. To bring good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. Physical and, more importantly, spiritual. I'm bringing good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. This is what he's saying that I'm about. This is what I'm, I'm going to do. Because you'll see what he'll say here in a moment. This is all what I, like, just what I think is cool to call the restoration of all things. Physical and spiritual. Okay, so captives to be released. We are spiritual captives in our sin. We are spiritually blind. We are spiritually oppressed. He says you will be released of that. You will see out of your blindness. You'll be free from your oppression. And now the time of the Lord's favor, his grace has come into your life. And then it says, he rolled up the scroll, verse 20. He handed it back to the attendant and he sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. People are ready, they're listening. And then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus says, I am the one that is fulfilling this. I am the fulfillment of this great prophecy of Isaiah. I am the fulfillment that will, of, of bringing oppression or bringing freedom to those who are oppressed, bringing sight to those who are blind, bringing freedom to the captives. And all of that is for me, and I have this for you. And it says some people kind of started to, oh, people were like, oh, okay, that's cool. I like what he's saying. But then it started to rumble, and eventually it rumbled, and it, it built up to this point that now they're trying to kill him. And they wanted to throw him off a cliff and kill Jesus because he said this. They don't kill people for just, quote, like reading the book of Isaiah. They wanted to kill him because he was proclaiming that he was the book of Isaiah. I am the fulfillment of this. This is what my kingdom is about. This is what I have come to do. And so what we see here, what is the good news? What is the gospel? It's yes, all of it. It's the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ who has come to forgive and to save his people from their sins. It is the king of kings and lord of lords with a kingdom that will never end. And he has come to set us free and to allow the blind to see. That is what the gospel is. That is what he has come to do. And so that's the Jesus that we worship. But it's so cool that all of that was done through this Christmas story of just this vulnerable, lowly little baby born and placed in a feeding trough. And that is the one and the way that God has chosen to do this. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And Mary, in the midst of her confusion, as she's all confused and disturbed, like, you're saying all this crazy stuff. Like, how's this going to happen? How do I even believe this is true? And I love how what the, the angel then does is the angel then says to her, Hey, your relative Elizabeth, you thought she was barren. She's six months pregnant. It's this little gift, right? It's this gift the angel's giving to her of, of assurance. It's this gift of saying, Hey, look, it, I'm already working. I'm already working. You can trust in what I'm doing. 
Now, interestingly here too, the, uh, just like the passage before is what David preached about a couple weeks ago where Zechariah, he, he had the same kind of questions like, what? How can this be? I'm, I'm old. How could, how could we have a baby now? We're too old for this. And then he got punished pretty badly for that and like wasn't able to speak for a long time. And then finally then when the baby's born, he's able to speak again. Now Mary does sort of the same thing. It's just reverse. It's like, ah, I'm too young, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm a virgin. How can this happen? And, and the, there's no punishment for her. But I think it kind of gets back to that greetings favored one or gra- the one that I'm showing my grace to. There's also a different kind of grace for this young teenage girl in the midst of this situation than there was for the religious leader that maybe should have known a little bit better. And we see how Jesus works in that. But God gives us assurances, right? A lot of time I think God gives us assurances. Even as we looked at the, the stories of all these prophecies that came true a few weeks ago, God gives us these assurances even in our life now. Okay, yeah, this can come true. This is real. This happened. God gives us assurances, I think, when we hear the stories of people in our lives that have had God work in their lives in some way that maybe we haven't seen God work in our life in that kind of way yet. Maybe we're, we're struggling with doubt or we're str- struggling with, I don't know if God's really here with me or if God's going to sort of come through in some sort of way in my life or a, a sense of him being with me in the midst of this struggle that I have or this hope that I have or even when it comes to believing that God is real and we hear these stories of friends of ours in our lives or people we hear speak about things and it's like, okay, I can be assured. I can be assured through the stories of these other people. And so I want you to be assured as you read these stories of the gospel, the gospel, the good news of Jesus that we've read in the Bible, but also we can be assured as we hear from just other people in the life of our church. I want you to hear a story now of some people in the life of our church, the Sanchez family, and how God met them in the midst of a dark time in their life and how their life was radically changed by him. Check it out. Hey, Calvary Church, I hope you grabbed uh, our recent edition of Good News. And uh, in there, you'll hear and read a story, incredible story of uh, Calvary members, Jaime and Elena Sanchez. And I'm joined uh, with them right now. Hi, you guys. Uh, why don't you tell us just briefly a little bit about your lives uh, before you met Jesus? Our, li- our lives before we met Jesus, we were living uh, in the darkness, alcohol, a lot of violence, mm-hmm. drugs, and we on the last steps to get divorced. Mm-hmm. We were surrounded by darkness uh, for the deaths of our of, um, friends, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, overdose, um, um, like mysterious accident, mm-hmm. uh, suicidals, and you know, we really believed the, the, the next one we were asked to die. So you're living in despair, discouragement, your marriage is coming apart. And then you get invited here, Calvary, right? Yes, uh, we got invited to Calvary um, uh, when I was working in 1998. I started working with a client, a um, quadrilegic client who has mm-hmm. a brain injury. Mm-hmm. And then one of my duties is to bring him to uh, a group called Humble Praise. Yeah. Um, so um, then she has to be inside. 
And he always asks the pastor, can you pray for my nurse? Mm -hmm. And I always get upset with him and I say, mm -hmm. I don't need prayers, I need a solution mm -hmm. because what is going on in my home, it's, you know, it's not good, it's bad. Mm -hmm. And um, at that moment, um, you know, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I say, I don't need that, I need solution, I don't need prayers. But right. he continues like, praying for me and one, one day, the pastor say there is a, a, con a Spanish con congregation um, is going to start, you know, in two weeks, so you, you guys can come. Huh. So I went home and then um, I said, okay, we're going to try. I went home and I asked my husband, you know, um, this is what happened, so you want to come to church? And he said yes because he was, you know, alcoholic. Mm -hmm. For me not to bother him anymore, mm -hmm. he said, okay, we go anyways. Yeah. In uh, our way here, you know, we got into a big, big argument. Mm. And as he was driving, um, I hold the steering wheels and we start wrestling with the steering wheels. Mm. Um, our car was zigzag and behind the car, in the back seats, there were my two kids. Mm -hmm. Luckily, well, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. We arrived to church, um, we start arguing, we start walking to Sunsvik and then there was nobody. Yeah. We start arguing back to the car, to the parking lot, and suddenly one of the member, uh, one of the church member approached us and asked us if we want to go into the Spanish service. Mm. We say yes. Um, so because we were so embarrassed, we decided to go with him. We follow <laughs> him. So we arrive at the, um, at the, at the gym and then um, we just, you know, stay all the way back. Yeah. Um, Suddenly, the pastor say, after the worship, the pastor say, whoever wants to ask forgiveness and surrender, mm -hmm. surrender your life to Jesus, come up front. Mm -hmm. um, at the blink of an eye, we didn't know how we passed or how mm -hmm. do we walk, we don't remember, but we just found us in, you know, in tears, kneeling in so front. So you both went forward together yeah. on that Sunday. Yeah. yeah, we just, the way my wife say, we, I don't remember. That's mo that moment, so we, we in the first row holding hands. Wow. Now, when I opened my eyes, I twinned twin my head and wow. I saw my wife crying yeah. wow. like a little baby. Uh. Yeah. And I was, this is a dream, uh, this is something, yeah. it's, no, it's no us. Yeah. But I know it was the right moment for we surrender our life to Jesus. We didn't know because at the beginning, um, you know, like all the wives say, mm -hmm. my husband has to be changed first. Yeah. My husband has to do this. My, hu my, mm -hmm. hu my husband is the one who's making my life miserable. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect him, you know, got front. So, but when I felt his hand holding my hand and I look at him, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you. So God save us that day, both of us. Amazing. It is amazing. An invitation um, from a client that mm -hmm. you were serving with a brain injury, mm -hmm. coming here to humble praise, a ministry of Calvary, mm -hmm. getting prayed for, not wanting to be prayed for, being invited. I think the pastor was John Sherman, if yes, I remember right. Yes. John Sherman inviting you guys to our brand new Hispanic ministry that was starting. You guys wrestling with the car, literally with the kids in the back, sitting in the parking lot, winding up at the wrong place and then somehow finding your way to where we were meeting at that point in the yes. gym and then yes. meeting Jesus that yes. day. That's God. Yes. Yeah. God. yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Huh. Jesus had a, that day for us. Yeah. It is amazing because since that day, our life has been totally, completely mm -hmm. 90 degrees, 100 degrees changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many years ago was that? 
Uh, Almost 22 20 years. Yeah. 22, 23 So now years. your youngest son, who wasn't even born then, Not is yet. on our staff here yes. at Calvary serving with youth. Tell us what the last 20 years have been like. I know it's not perfect, there's ups and downs, mm -hmm. but what have the last 20 years been like for you guys walking with Jesus? Well, at the beginning it was not easy. Um, you know, we started, uh, we keep, you know, doing our things like the mm -hmm. old life. But and then, um, you know, when, the, when, start, um, when we start having the discipleship, we mm -hmm. understood what is really, you know, to come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we start, you know, like learning more about him. We start falling in love more. And then uh, we stop doing the things, the word, the word thing, the worldly things that we supposed to be mm -hmm. doing before. Um, and then uh, in our growth and faith and, um, and, and walking with Jesus, yeah. you know, he transformed our life. Both of you guys have been involved in many ministries in our Hispanic ministry, mm -hmm. even working with marriages, ironically, yeah. going to Spain on a missions yeah. trip, being on our missions team now, just so grateful. Uh, to see you walking with the Lord and now encouraging the next generation as well. So, Jaime, Elena, God's grace, that's good news right there, yes, isn't it? it? Is that news. you experience. Praise the Lord. Anything yeah. else you want to say? We are not perfect, mm -hmm. but we just keep, you know, mm -hmm. asking God to lead our marriage, mm -hmm. our family. So, when we have any situation, we just go through, through Jesus. Mm -hmm. We ask for help, and now he's leading our, our house, our marriage, our family. So we are, we have a good driver. He's the center of our life. We have Jesus, yeah. that's the amazing thing. Yeah, and since our life we were, uh, we were like in so much darkness, and then we were totally empty. We were hungry, hungry for something that mm -hmm. the Word cannot give us. Mm -hmm. And one of my passages, my, our favorite passage, Bible passage says, John 6, 35 says, then Jesus said to them, I am the bread that gives life to people. Anyone who comes to me will never be hungry. We were empty, searching for something to fulfill the hunger of our soul. And Jesus Amen. fulfilled us completely with his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. Amen. Amen. So that's Jaime and Elena Sanchez, a little glimpse of their story. Good news changed our life. so beautiful such a great story just appreciate just an awesome family and to see how they simply responded to God working in their life God was meeting them in some way God was speaking to them drawing them in some way and they responded and so I encourage you wherever you are wherever you are with God right now maybe you would be far from God at this point maybe you've never had a relationship with God of any kind I encourage you. They, they went forward. When they were called to come forward even to receive prayer, they came forward and they began that relationship with Jesus and their life was changed. And in that sort of both, that both physical and spiritual way, right, God changed a lot of just what their everyday life was like and their life was on track for a life of, of a family that was healthy and beautiful as well as, like, as well as most importantly, they were saved for eternity, and they live for Jesus in the here and now as well. And so I encourage you to respond in that. Maybe you're just, wherever you are now, you're kind of living for self. You're not living for, for God. And they're saying, okay, no, no, no. 
Remember, he's the leader. He's the driver that they needed in their life. You're not always the driver. (laughs) And we need to recognize that as we think about Jesus as king, with a kingdom whose reign will never end, that includes a reign and rule over your life. It includes all of it. It doesn't mean that every day or every situation in your life is going to be good. No, 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 no. That's not what I was saying when I'm saying he's going to be working in the physical as well as the spiritual. There is a lot of difficult stuff that we go through, horrific suffering. And I know even in this time, there's a lot of hard stuff for a lot of you or things that are hard or percolating up to feel especially hard right now and experience that. And what I, what I know and what I hope and pray is that God rules and reigns over all moments and all things. And God's presence is with you in the midst of that. Maybe he's not taking that thing away or it can't be taken away, but he's with you and present with you and ministering to you. And you are loved deeply by him in the midst of it. Now, what's to get back to Mary just here as we close, Mary's response is really the only response that you can do when you hear of someone is king. The only response you have to a king is to submit and bow down and be the servant to the king. Mary was willing. Her response is just pure willingness. And I think about this. So Mary's willingness, am I willing? She says this simple phrase of, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. May it be done unto me according to your word. That's her, that's her response to all of this. Her response to, your kid is going to have a kingdom that will never end, and he is the son of the most high God. She's like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. Here I am. That's just, this is what I have. I've got my life. You've got it, Lord. I, I offer it to you. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be done to me. May all this be true of what you've said. And so what I would encourage you to do in some ways we respond today is to personalize Mary's response for yourself. Is there some way that, in the same way that Mary has responded of, okay, I'm in. What's your way of saying, Lord, I'm in? That could be receiving his forgiveness that he offers for the first time today. That could be saying, okay, Lord, I'm going I'm to live a life of submission and obedience to you no matter what. I want to make sure that you are not just Savior, but you are also Lord and King and ruler and leader of every aspect of my life. And so as we go into worship, we'll have some time to, we'll have people at the prayer points on each side over here. If you'd like to come forward to pray for any of those things, we would love to pray with you. So let me pray for us now as we continue our worship to the King of Kings. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all of these ways that your good news is proclaimed. All of these ways that you have told the the people involved in your story what their role is and how you'll work in their life. And thank you so much for their response. Their response of obedience, trust, service, willingness, Lord. And so God, in whatever way you've called us, we say, yes, God, I am your servant. May all of this be done to me according to what you have said here. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.